Now we would like to welcome Norm. Good evening, lads. Hi, Norm. Hey. How we doing, Norman? I remember Norm. Great, thank you. We sure miss seeing you, bud. I miss seeing you too. Uh, I I miss talking to you all, dude. Uh, This is crazy. Let's have another. Let's have another nine-person Zoom meeting. <laughs> we really, we really need to just to see how everyone's beards are coming in or whatever. Dan McDowell, who will not grow a beard. I just have a beard. My wife. <laughs> Hi, Dan. Hey-o! I hear you. He's coming in hot. And Craig, Junior, Miller. What? Wow. Hello, lads. Hi, Craig. How are you? Man, all our friends, all our football friends back with us. So the news broke earlier, as you guys well know, that nothing happened. Old Slater reported that there was an 11th hour phone call made, which, I don't know, Craig, like, you you make a phone call 20 minutes before the deadline, which it sounded like that's what happened here. Does that not sound like the most ridiculous cowboy type thing ever? Completely ridiculous. And from the Cowboys' standpoint, the thing I don't get, maybe you guys can help clear it up for me, I don't understand why they're playing hardball here. Because the only benefit I see for them is that they have the downside protection if Dak goes out this year and is awful. He just can't throw a football anymore. But is that worth the price going up every year? And I've always wondered if they're 100% in on him And their offer, you know, the last offer, I guess, that they made indicates that they clearly love him. Mm -hmm. You don't make that offer unless you really like a guy, right? But what is it that is keeping them from going that extra step? Is it Jerry Stevens' stubbornness? Is it Cowboys' ego thinking that they can win any negotiation? I just, I don't understand why they're playing hardball to this degree. They've, they've failed in the DeMarcus Lawrence situation. They've failed in the Amari Cooper situation. They've failed in the Zeke Elliott situation. Uh, and I don't understand this either. Is, is that too much money for Dak Prescott? Hell yes, it's too much money. But you know what? It's too much money for a whole bunch of guys in this league right now. It's I'm sorry to say this. It's too much money for Demarcus Lawrence, and it's too much money for Amari Cooper. But the day in the NFL right now is designed by a whole bunch of damn players getting too much money. And why they try to hold the line on this one continues to befuddle me. Dan? Especially after the way they treated Romo. Yeah. It seemed like they couldn't wait to pay him too much money. And mm-hmm. that's always relative, right? The term too much money, whatever yes. era you're in, it's always too much money to buy, uh, pay a quarterback. And, you know, they, they kind of jumped the gun quickly with Romo. They did it again with Romo when they didn't have to, when he was, back when he was, you know, getting older and injury prone. They did it with Roy Williams the Roy Williams receiver uh, real early. No. Uh, it's, it's very, very <laughs> odd. Yeah. Looking at this with a lot of retrospect today, we were talking about this, just there's so much regret at, boy, what could you have done a couple of years ago? Like not much changed. He actually balled out even more, but you pretty much knew you had, you know, one of the 
handful of people in the world that could quarterback at a high level, and especially after what happened the year Romo was hurt and yeah. all the guys you ran in and out of here, it's not that easy. It doesn't. It's not just if you had some good receivers and a good line and a good running back that anybody can do it. They really can't. You know, they're on equal footing, too, The the as far as – Bob and I were talking about this earlier – as far as Romo and Dak both being miracles. You hit absolute grand slam home runs with an undrafted guy and a fourth-round guy, which in quarterback terms is undrafted, right? Like, that just never happens where a fourth-rounder – or it's, you know, once in a blue moon that a fourth-rounder comes in and puts up the numbers that Dak does. So they're the same guy, and – you know, Dak is still super young. Dak is so loved by everybody. So durable. So durable. There's not really a downside to him outside of he doesn't have the accuracy of peak Drew Brees and Tom Brady, which, by the way, nobody else in the history of the game does either. Um, but, yeah, you're you're right. Craig was right in, in the beginning. It, none of it really makes any sense, and it is a really bad look when you do the comp between Romo and just, what do you want? How many bags of money do you need? Yes. And then Dak, even though it's $70 million projected over two years, it still looks bad. Yeah, it's, you know, to me, guys, uh, it, it does fall back. And I think, Norm, it sounds like you, you agree because, uh, you, you know, we didn't even mention how much of a circus Dez's contract was uh, in 2015. And then, of course, yes, Zeke and Lawrence. And, and yes, people forget that Zach Martin had to sit out a couple days of OTAs, I believe, to finally get his deal, even though most of that was done quietly. But we started hearing last year about camp time about uh, the pieces of the pie. And it was uh, repeated so many times by Stephen and Jerry that it's like uh, on their $300 million yacht – they decided this is uh, the message we're going to send and put it back to the players to get together and figure out how much of a discount each of them will take to keep our team this dynasty that's won two wild card games in the last 25 <laughs> years and and it just it just rang so hollow that uh that now it, it appears they don't think there's enough pressure on their team and their quarterback, and they want him to hear about it every week all season as the lead story in the NFL, I guess, uh, once COVID isn't the lead story, I suppose. It's very odd. Well, the question is, this wasn't crunch time for the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. I mean, right. hey, Dak, unfortunately, is going to have to play for $31.4 million this year. I, <laughs> I say that with a tinge of sarcasm. But – what happens if a contract one year from today is not done and Dak signs to play for $37.7 million guaranteed? Well, then then the season, the 21 season progresses, and then we actually have some kind of crunch time because you're either going to offer Dak half of the Bravo Eugenia the next year at a franchise tag or he's going to be free. Yep. And and that's not a good scenario. It just isn't. It's and it doesn't I don't know about you guys, but I know there are still some people out there who say, "Well, Dak is one of the top 2 quarterbacks in the league." Well, tell us something we don't know. Of course he's not one of the two top 2. Is he one of the top 5? Probably not. Is he number 7? I don't know. Pick a number. But if you've got a quarterback in the top 10, why, one, why screw with him for a few million dollars? And two, 
Okay, <laughs> let him go for two late number ones. Then who's your quarterback? Yeah, and if he's worth two late number ones, uh, aren't you basically verifying that he's worth the money? And what happens when Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield and who knows who else gets their extensions before a year from right now? It, I, it This won't get cheaper. It never does, Junior. Yeah, and I've been looking at it from Dak's perspective, and I mentioned this to George this week. Well, maybe Dak doesn't want to go anywhere, and the thought of dragging this out to eventual free agency is just the furthest thing from his mind because of all the perks of being the Cowboys quarterback. You are, you're the most high-profile athlete in sports. It's the number one position in sports. And everything that goes with it, and as I t- told George this week, it's not just while you're playing and the endorsements you can make but it, and get, it's after you're done. Look at what Roger and Troy and Tony have done when they left that position. They are huge successes. But, but as I'm sitting here thinking about it, is that what the Cowboys are thinking maybe more than Dak? And is that why the Cowboys are playing chicken here thinking – He'll never leave us. We're the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And and he and so are they gonna push this as far as they can push it and and call his bluff that okay, we've assembled a nice offense around you and look at all the endorsement money you're making and you're set for life when you when you retire from football because you're a Cowboys quarterback and that who knows what doors that will open for you in retirement. And Steven and Jerry are saying he's He's not going to leave because he's the Cowboys quarterback. And could that ego end up backfiring on them? Boy, it might. And I don't remember, you guys may, but I don't remember this rhetoric being used against, like as far as leverage within uh, the, the community. When you talk about, well, you're obviously going to make $50 million more than you typically would if you were the Bengals quarterback because you are the Cowboys quarterback. I don't remember Romo. No. Or anybody, yeah, getting that. Like, this is suddenly one of these things where it's like, what's a way we can spin this to make us look better and have all the fans realize that, oh, well, yeah, he's a cowboy, so yeah, he's going to get all the chunky soup and and, uh, 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 why why Roby, Norm, Pickles, and whatever else. (laughs) Yeah, it's just... that mattress thing. (laughs) Right. Well, and and (laughs) honestly, to me, it does feel like there's a shift in negotiating skill Honestly, since Steven took over, I don't know, man. This is a weird, ominous start to the Steven Jones. I can negotiate and get these deals done career in the last five years, in my estimation, Dan. Well, maybe it, it's like Jerry early on was different too, right? Mm-hmm. More of a hardcore guy holding the line. You know, Emmett held out. Troy, I don't know that it was as quick as the Romo deals were. Um, but maybe that's Steven's thing too. He's trying to make his name early maybe i I mean because he kind of talked hardball with zeke and then caved yes but you need the holdout don't you but they got a good deal suppose you know if jalen smith turns out to be the real deal that's a pretty good deal for the cowboys we talked about how the tyron smith deal was more team friendly but you know still good for the player it's just kind of it is odd i mean Dak has been such the good soldier, they probably just kind of expected him to fall in line a little bit like everyone else, you know, like they, like just he has been kind of, but. You know, 
you know, he signed with CAA. He's yeah. he's letting them do their job, and they're also, you know, his agent is trying to make his name as a sports agent. I think that's his first big sports contract. No, no, I, I is think that not true. No, I think Todd France. He's had Aaron Donald, and he's had uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and a few others. I mean, he's he's a pretty big deal. Todd Francis is, is uh, you know, and, and I. I, I think Dak has to be careful, though, that, you know, he hasn't opened the door and kind of facilitated his own exit just because I do think at a certain point they just want to move on because you've kind of painted them into a corner. Like, you won the showdown, but by winning, you get your money, but you also have to do it in Detroit or something like that, right? Yeah, like, did Mark Teixeira win or lose in the end? That's right. Like he's, a, we all think of him as kind of a jerk, and he's thinking of himself as a guy with two hundred million dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, hasn't Dak already gambled and won here? Wasn't I, I get this feeling, and you guys correct me if you have a different feeling here. But last summer, when the Cowboys put what was a, a pretty nice offer on the table, I I think they thought Dak's not going to pass on this. He's just not going to pass on, on this offer. Well, when Dak said, I'd like this instead of that, and they said, no, we don't want to give you this. We want seven years. And he said, no, I'm not signing for seven years. And all that stuff went on. Dak was going to make $2 million. Well, Dak went out, played for $2 million, had a really solid season. And, Bob, you correctly pointed out one other thing. This guy never has to go to the emergency room. Mm-hmm. He he's he's durable as as a cement post. Well, when he he already won his gamble, he gambled that he could play for two million and get at least thirty one and a half the next year. Now Dak is as long as he's well taken care of, he's filthy rich for life right now. And next year, he's going to get fil- filthier, filthy richer, or yeah. filthier rich. <laughs> Something like that. And the year after that. Yeah. The year after that, too. As long as he plays at a relatively high level, he's set for life. I'm, I'm not worried about Dak financially. He's going to get at least two huge paydays with the franchise tag, and then somebody is going to give him a ton more money for four years or five years. He's he's rolling in it for the next many years as long as he plays at a high level. The only thing he might not get in the whole deal is playing for the team that he really wants to. Yeah. And a fair shake from the national noise that every time he's a headline, which is literally all the time, the bar continues to raise on expectations for a guy who's not Pat Mahomes by any stretch on the field. But he's going to be talked about as much as Pat Mahomes for this very reason, and a little bit of that is self-inflicted. Or maybe a lot of it is, because he was going to be financially independent either way. 